on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. This is a real conversation. So this is for the listener right now. I hope that you're paying attention because it doesn't mean just because you do a million in revenue, Justin's already done over a million this year and we're recording in May. The reality here is that you can be a successful business owner and still make mistakes. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got a special guest. This is actually the first time where we've had a guest from over a year ago come back to the King stage. And so, Justin Dawson, welcome back, my friend. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. I, it's so funny. Each time we talk, the last time you were in the midst of, it was like your home, but it was a job site. You were in the process of flipping this beautiful condo in San Francisco and now you're out on the out on the road. I've done lots of these with especially contractors out on the road or in in project mode. Every time I've talked with you, you're in project mode. You're getting stuff done. I love it. Appreciate you being here, man. Things have changed, huh? In the last year since we talked. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely just been a roller coaster to a certain extent and yeah. readjustments and more sitting down. It's always a change. It's always changing. I mean, like yeah. nothing ever stays the same. Yeah, the, they say that cliche statement of the only constant is change, right? And so right. I remember years ago, I embraced that myself. And when you just hold on to that and own it, sleep with it tight, like a little blanket at night, then at least in those moments of constant change, it feels like, like okay, this is normal. I have something to hold on to. I can, I'll be okay. Right. Yeah. So we were just talking before we hit the record button. And last year, you said, although still a successful year, as far as business is concerned, it wasn't what you wanted it to be. And then this year so far, you've done double the revenue that you that you did all of last year. And so this this is going to be an interesting conversation because we've, we've gone through some of your ways of thinking a little over a year ago. And and now we get to look back and go, okay, well, what, what worked? What didn't work? You know what I mean? So in the last 12 to 14 months since you and I talked, I've, I know you've been doing projects. I know you've, you've been doing a couple of your own projects as well. But before we get to the nitty gritty of it all, have you changed the insides of you, your burning desire, like what you want out of life? Has that changed? Is that the same? What is that? Well, I stopped going to the job sites like two months ago. My son took over the day-to-day. -day. I just realized how useless I was on the job site, hauling, hauling trash and telling my guys what they need to do when they already know what they need to do. So I've been focusing on paperwork and invoicing and, and different projects I have. and building permits and that's been super helpful like that's that's really that's really shot me up i mean that's been super big yeah so that's been helpful and then the other thing that i've changed is that i've actually started like talking to people more instead of being such a hermit and figuring stuff out on my own which i was like i could do it on my own it's on my subconscious okay it is but you know it needs a little bit of fire you know it needs a little so agitation I, it's called a mastermind yeah, so i've actually <laughs> been i've actually been i have a, I have a couple couple people, a couple friends that are in construction or they're in real estate and they know me well enough to where I've been talking stuff through with. Good. So that's been a big change. That's been helpful. That's cool, man. And that's basically it. And I moved to Seattle like two months ago. Yeah. Well, that's a big difference because you were not in Seattle before. So <laughs> we yeah. can, we can definitely talk about the environment maybe being different, but I, I don't want to move too fast here because okay, you, okay. Made, you made something that it not only makes a lot of sense, I think a lot of people skip over. And so first off, you said, well, I got all the answers in my subconscious mind. Well, first off, I love that, right? Because we do. Everything, every solution to every problem exists already. 
Mm-hmm. We just we just haven't put it together yet if it doesn't exist, right? If it doesn't quote unquote exist. I was listening to something even this past weekend. It's a mindset training and we were talking about the subconscious mind and how things are already here. And it's like, okay, well, even like the cure for cancer, right? Cure for cancer exists. We just haven't put the pieces together in a format that that works yet. Well, depends on what you believe there, but <laughs> regardless of all that and, and any conspiracy, the, the reality is, is that you're right. We have it. However, what you said, as far as like getting other people to kind of like meddle in there a little bit and bring those things in our subconscious to consciousness is the definition that Napoleon Hill talks about in his mastermind principle. So in Thinking Grow Rich, literally one of the chapters is on the mastermind principle. This is exactly why I started Gathering the Kings, because for me, there are so many groups that are just group coaching. And it's okay. Like those are those are fine. I've been a part of those groups and I got tons of value from them actually. But it was not a mastermind. <laughs> the the definition of a mastermind per Napoleon Hill is when two or more people are working in harmony towards a definite goal. And so what happens inside of that is mind agitation. That's that's Chaz Wolf's definition is the agitation of the mind. And so when you get together with your real estate folks or when you get together with your other contractors or when gathering the kings gets together uh, as a mastermind group, There are situations and experiences and things happening in our conversation that are agitating the way that I think, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a new idea, whether it's a connection, whatever those things are. And then it's like, oh, it either spurs for things that I already knew that were in my subconscious mind, or it was a brand new thought to me. And I'm like, whoa, that's impactful. It changes my perspective. Therefore, I can change. Do you agree with this? Am I just a crazy man over here? What do you think? I think that's, yeah, I mean, it's good because I've always definitely been like, like, I can do it. I can do it. I, I just didn't want anybody to mess up my flow. So I'm opening, and plus I'm, I'm going to be 50 in like two weeks. So I'm kind of like, I don't really want to work as much as I have been. And like, it's just other people have good ideas and, and, and there's nothing like a, there's nothing like somebody that's, that knows you well enough and knows your business well enough of like an outsider looking in they and they see things completely different than like what you're seeing i'm not completely well yeah it's obviously yeah it's like completely different so yeah i mean it's just to get a i guess a bird's eye view like a full rounded view of what you're doing yeah because you can only see like you somewhat i think people have somewhat have blinders on yeah and they can only see like right in front of them but they can't see right in front of them because somebody else is looking at him like you should be so i've actually been giving up the reins and listening and taking opinions from other people and just holding my tongue like okay i think that's okay let's just go with it yeah well i think like you said holding your tongue taking a big big gulp and swallowing and just being quiet for a minute and Mm -hmm. maybe maybe heeding to someone else's expertise i want to go back to something that you said as far as your son so i'm going to go a little bit more practical now you said your son's in the business now and he's starting to run job sites and stuff. And what that's enabled you to do is maybe work a little bit more on the business in the, you, you called it paperwork and, and some invoicing and such, but still some of that could be working in the business. You, really your, your mindset has been able to go to other things because you trust him. He's on the job site. Your guys have been around for a long time, so forth and so on. So my question to you, because this is part of, I mean, you're a contractor, so this is unique language to contracting, but the idea of moving to working on the business as opposed to in the business is not unique to contracting. It's 
it happens like this in all businesses. And inside of Gathering the Kings, we use it as this like this warrior to king transition where it's not just about you doing everything or you being in the battle, but to operating on or facilitating all the pieces, right? So my question inside of that for you is, what's been the challenge? What's been the hardest part of kind of letting go to your son or to your guys? Because like you said, you had a flow. You've started to listen to some other people. What's been like the daily, like, oh, this is really hard for me to do. What is that at this point for you? The hardest thing is just like, you know, nothing, honestly. They've been doing such a good job. Like they've really been handling business. Like I'll come back and I'll check the jobs a week. Two weeks later, after I, I'll, I'll fly back in from Seattle because I'm, I'm still based in California, but I live in Seattle. So I'll fly back in in a couple of weeks and it's real. it's going really well. I mean, the clients love my son. My guys know what they're doing. Like the hardest thing, because this is like my second or third time trying to accomplish this. So yeah. the hardest thing was not worrying about every little thing that could go wrong and just right. letting things go a little bit. So yeah, I'm actually good. Like I'm not, I'm really, the first time I came back, I was pissed off because there wasn't stuff done. The second time I came back, I was a little bit more calm. Okay, it's getting better. And this is the third time coming back since I left has like been this week. And I'm like, holy shit, everything's going really well. I'm good. They don't need me looking at them every day. Yeah. And and that's that's right. They don't because they've, they've, they're experts or they've been around for a while. They know what they're doing or you train them, whatever the the reason is that they don't need you. But the realization, I think that you said, you, you, you didn't say it, but I'm going to pull it out of you here okay. is is the hardest part was just doing it like the first time yeah. leaving or not going, not being there. Right. And right. I've, I've had this story happen so many times, especially with contractors or even specific guys in the mastermind group. They're like, man, I, I toiled with this idea of giving this responsibility to this guy or this gal for like three months. And like, Oh, did, can he, can he do it? Will he do it? Well, like what, like what, like, Oh, it's the worst case scenario. Like I'll just keep doing it. Like, uh, and then eventually they give it away and it's like right away. They're like, he's freaking killing it. Why did I wait so long? Oh my goodness. This is working out really great. Everything that you just said. Now it doesn't always work like that because you said this is your third attempt at building a team, doing it this way, working on. And so you have to be prepared for it. Maybe not, not to not work, but you just gotta make sure it's the right person that they know what they're doing. That they're competent, that they, that you give them space, like some actual runway with some, training but like if it's the right person and they're smart and they know what they're doing and you give them like an on-ramp of what success looks like give it to them right and that what you said yeah. yeah yeah i mean and the worst thing they can be do is you'll get a break for a couple of weeks like i had a break for a couple of weeks and three weeks like two or three times and i'm like oh i have to go back in and do it so i mean so like worst case scenario you'll get like a break and then you'll have to go in and clean stuff up again right Right. But right. you get the break still, and then you have a challenge, and it's all good. Yeah. I'm thinking of a guy specifically. We were just in Georgia for our, one of our in person events, and he's got three companies and millions and millions of dollars in sales, and he got a great team and a great business. He's a great guy. And he was given this example of this, this one particular person on his team has been with him for a couple of years. He really trusts him. He doesn't. He personally, though, has the problem giving stuff away, which is so right for entrepreneurs. Like, that's just what we do, right? We, we struggle giving stuff away. Okay, fine. And so anyway, he, he finally gave this task away. And so we were meeting in Georgia and we were out on this hike and we were just chatting about this. And he's like, dude, 
I just can't believe I waited so long. Like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? And and hindsight's always twenty twenty. But I'm I'm saying this out loud, not only taking your example live right now, but then using this other one for the listener's sake right now, because we might have a listener who's building a business, maybe brand new. Shoot, maybe they're doing a couple million, maybe three, four, five million, and they're running around like a chicken with their head cut off, and they don't have they're they haven't given away anything, which mm-hmm. is just as much as a problem. And so this person is to hear, it's okay. Give it away. Give it yeah, away. Yeah, just give it away and let things. I was listening to this podcast the other day. I forgot the guy's name, but he's like something to the effect to where, yeah, just give something away. And just if you have that constant thought of like, oh, this is going to be bad and this is going to be bad, then it's going to like, it's going to stress you out. So yeah. just don't always think of like the end game is going to be. I'm trying to think how to explain it, but basically you're just really pessimistic about the whole situation and instead of thinking like oh this is going to end bad thinking okay it might be rough right now but it's going to end good right and just keep the way you're looking at it like it's going to end good it may get bad it may get rocky but it's going to end good yeah well there's practicality to that right where where you can't just optimistically look at everything and everything's going to be roses and and ignore things and i know that's not what you're saying but 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 what does that look like on the day-to-day well it looks like saying okay well what's the worst case scenario and I, and I put together a little scaffolding or a little skeleton of what that plan looks like. Okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? Here's what I would do in that situation. Okay, but then like all my attention comes over here to when it goes exactly to my plan. It's not going to go exactly to my plan, but when things go in this direction, when I start winning, when the project is going towards what I'm looking for, these are the things that I'm going to be doing. And to your point around the subconscious earlier, it's like we are either feeding ourselves what we want or what we don't want, right? You're talking about pessimism, and it's the same. It's like, well, if I'm going to think about all the bad things that could possibly be going wrong, it doesn't mean that I don't plan for the worst case scenario. It means that if I'm constantly obsessing and worrying over all the possible things that possibly could go wrong that maybe will, maybe won't, and I don't even have a control over half of them, what am I going to get? What's the result of that? You said stress, anxiety, probably some of those things happening, right? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a perfect example right now. Like, I had one job. This subcontractor who I swore off, I'd never deal with again. I've had three bad experiences with him like over the last 10 years. And so I saw him and he's like, dude, I'm really sorry how I was. I got a truck now. I got my license. Everything's great. Everything's dandy. I'm like, I probably still shouldn't hire you. And then a job comes up that I don't really want to do. And I'm like, hey, do you want to go do this job? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, okay, okay. He's really going to come through. Like, this is going to be great. Oh my God. This guy, he's not following the payment schedule. He's asking for money like at a time. He's not responding. He's not passing inspections. And the client's already a particularly fussy client. And I'm like, and I'm like, honestly, honestly, I can't even be mad at him. I can't even be mad at him. I mean, he already literally, I'm trying not to swear as much as I was before, but he already kind of like, he screwed me like three times already. It's your fault. And I mean, (laughs) No, it, it is. It's 100% my, my my fault. But the thing is, going in, I mean, I knew this was a strong possibility of this happening. Yeah. It's not a client that I'm afraid of losing, which sounds terrible. But, no. it, but I mean, but it's not like, oh, my gosh, he's going to kill us. So I put him on something that's relatively low risk, something that I could fix if I had to fix it when he fucked up. Right, right. So I'm going to go out there and sneak up on him tomorrow and see if he's doing anything. I hope that he is. I mean, I hope he's got the foundation in, inspections are passing, and he's just not like communicating with me. So I'm hoping for the best. I highly doubt it. 
but I won't hurt a bit. But in the meantime, I do have another one of my other subs. He said, yeah, Justin, I, you should have gave him that money uh, and I'll come in. I'll finish it. Just let me know when you're ready. Yeah. So are you have a solution? I'm still yeah. hoping for the best, but in reality, I'm going to yeah. go out there and it's going to be string lines of piles of dirt and pissed off clients. That's probably what I'm going to see. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I, I love the realness of what you just described, because not only is it a real situation, actually. But it, it's something that the listeners can can hear. Like, even if they're light years ahead and doing hundreds of millions of dollars, they remember situations like this, whether they're contractor or not. They remember situations like this where it's like, oh, I don't know, like, look this way. And sometimes those things really work out. And, and I actually was on a podcast a couple of days ago, and the guy said it like this. He said, we take the same risk at the beginning, but if it, if it works, everybody says, oh, like, look what you did and you did a great, like you, you gave that guy a chance and you gave him space and you, you gave him a third chance and he didn't deserve it, but you did it anyway. And how great this whole thing is. And wow, well done. And same situation and it fails. And it's like, Oh, how could you, it's your fault. He already yeah. gave you a bad ratio of oh, win probability. This is not high chance of, of success here. And, and it's, and it looks like failure. And so it's like, well, it's the same risk at the beginning. Obviously, as entrepreneurs, what we're trying to do is we're trying to like navigate that decision and trying to mitigate risk or take calculated risk. But sometimes things don't work out and sometimes they do. But that same thing can end in two different scenarios, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but this was probably definitely, I, and I almost call it an act of self-sabotage to like a certain extent because I knew, I mean, I, 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 I mean, yeah. I knew, I knew deep, deep down. I mean, he looked me in the eye and I'm like, I got my license. I got my truck and I've changed and I'm sorry. And I know I messed you up on the last jobs. I'll go finish this yeah. one. I started seven years ago. I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay. I was like, you already paid me. I'll come finish it. It's been five years. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really nice of him. And, and I doubt that he would actually come and do it, but still. So, but it's just, it, yeah. but it's like, I know better and I still did it. So that's like, yeah. that, that's like definitely a classification of self-sabotage. Like you're yeah, just potentially fucking yourself up. I'm trying not to swear as much. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like I had to, I mean, but I mean, but it's almost like I had to do it to see what would happen. It's like, right. it's so stupid. Well, here, here's what happens. And this is for the listener too, because what you're, what you're talking about, we've all done and we still continue to do to a degree. Obviously you now know, like, this is like, you're never going to do that with this guy again. But maybe with another guy, you will possibly. And it's like you you still are going to repeat sometimes this bad decision. I'm not saying that you need to, but in that moment, here's what we do as people who care. Because what's coming through the screen and through the mic right now is that Justin cares. And he's trying to like go, okay, well, dude, if you have gotten it together, I like I want to be able to see that in you. I want to be able to see your potential. Now, yeah. What you're describing now is the distortion of, you know, caring for somebody and when it crosses the line to like where you care too much about it or when you care more than they do. You but, know, but this, um, this, this is actually the second time I've done this, though, in the last year. Yeah. Well, so, it's, so, it's, so this is a public declaration of, of no more. Look, this is a real conversation. So this is for the listener right now. I just I hope that you're paying attention because it doesn't mean just because you do a million in revenue. <clears throat> Justin's already done over a million this year. And we're recording in May. So it's like the reality here is that you can be a successful business owner and still make mistakes. In fact, you will be still making mistakes. And the idea is that we get better and better. And I guarantee you from here going forward, or at least I hope, Justin, 
that when you are in the situation again, you're going to think about it a little bit differently. You're going to think, you know what? I don't, I don't need to put up with X, Y, and Z afterwards. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say no and move on. And here's what it will ultimately come down for you, Justin, but also for the listener as we, as we hit our head against the, like the brick wall so many times, right? Is that we, we, we eventually value ourselves. We value our time. We value us and what we can go produce via work or another project or working with a client or helping somebody pouring into our family, whatever those other things that we can do. Because you saying yes to that guy was also saying yes to the cleanup and the frustration and the stress and then the extra work with dealing with the client. It was all these other yeses that and, are and taken away from you. And the, the thing that killed me most is the loss of time. Yes. I mean, I'm supposed to be on a flight back to Seattle tonight, but I have to stay tomorrow to go Not look anymore. at his bolt that he left me. Yep. You know, when I need to be going back, I have appointments on Wednesday. I need to be getting ready for in Seattle. And it's like, you're taking like, okay, okay. I, I'm probably going to end up breaking even. I might lose a little bit of money. Okay, fine, whatever. But you're taking my time away from me. Like I, I got like in like I have right. to go deal with my dog. I have to go deal with the IRS often on Wednesday. I have stuff. real stuff that I need to do to keep this whole big, massive construction, Justin's life, everybody else involved paying their bills because yeah. I'm breathing. And you guy, you're not allowed to take time away from me because that affects. That's right. 30 other people that I need to do stuff for because you're just yeah. being a selfish idiot and you can't yep. get your life together. And yeah. why do I have to suffer? It, it's, I mean, exactly. it's, that's, I mean, that's, it's not about the job. It's not about the money. It's just like, dude, like you're taking time away from me. And I, and, yeah. and that's like the worst thing that anybody could do. Yeah. I, I love the conviction in your, in your tone, everything that you're saying is a realization. And I know this is not the first time you've had it, but the conviction that you're speaking in right now for your value and then the other, those other 30 people is what will propel you in the future in that decision where you go, nope, well, I, I've changed. I, be, I, I love you, brother, and I hope the best for you. Yeah. But no. And it's not because you don't love him in that moment. It's because you love all the other things that you just mentioned more. And it's not necessarily that you love them more. It's that you have a duty to they, the 30 people, you yourself, you have a duty to those people before this guy. He's got to go take care of himself, right? And you saying yes to him is actually saying no to all the other people, which is not how it should be done. Then that's that's the realization. It, it, that you're it, it affects everybody. I mean, even like I'm pissed off because I gave him $6,000 to start the job and I'd assume to be done in a certain time when yeah. I have another $6,000 that I need to spend on another client's job like tomorrow, and then I got another $6,000 bill that I got to pay on Friday, which is fine. I'm going to pay them all. And I'm losing days. It's, it's like, it's yeah. just the amount of frustration because of me not being able to yep. serve it. And he doesn't understand. He just thinks, he just thinks, oh, no big deal. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you now understand. And, <laughs> and we got to give it to the listeners. So I think it's double value. You got to pour out to other business owners, just like mm -hmm. you here today with, with the real of the real. And so appreciate that. Hey, Chaz Wolf here. As many of you know, I have been on an absolute mission to help entrepreneurs from all across the country in many different industries level up their game and grow their business and intentionally connect with other entrepreneurs. We do that obviously through the podcast, but we also have a peer-to-peer -peer mastermind group specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. 
We are bringing some of the best and most successful entrepreneurs and minds together in a regular and super intentional way to not only grow our network, but to be able to leverage. And at a certain point in business, success becomes about leverage, leveraging time, leveraging resources, leveraging key relationships. This is exactly what we're doing inside of the peer-to-peer mastermind group called Gathering the Kings, specifically for seven to nine-figure business owners. So if that's you, if you're ready to level up your seven to nine-figure business even to the next level and get around other big hitters just like you, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com, fill out a short application, and uh, it'll come to an application uh, call with me, and I want to chat with you to see if it might be a good fit. Talk soon. I want to know of, it's been a year, a little over a year, you've made a move. What's been, I already asked you what was hard. What's been the best part over the last year? I know you said you moved your son in. Was it moving away? Was it giving things away? Like, what's been the best part of the last up and down of the last year? Well, I basically had to like, like, like the weather was really, really bad in the Bay Area this year. So I, I literally stopped. We stopped working about a week before Christmas and couldn't go back to work until the end of January, essentially. So. I basically ran out of money. So I was like so frustrated. And I'm like, the guides can't work, can't make any money. We finished up pretty much everything they were doing. I was so, so frustrated. So typically what I would do in that circumstance is I would be very reactive. I take jobs because I need money. I would just like completely make my life worse. So I got a few calls for jobs during that time, but I'm like, I'm doubling my prices. So I had no jobs. I ran out of money and I doubled my prices. And I'm like, the jobs I did get, I made money off of. And I had to sell my house, which took forever to sell. I finally sold it. I was actually just trying to put together like $6 million to cover everything that I needed to do. So I really focused on like putting myself together when I got so slow, like I updated my resume. I really started hammering hard on my LinkedIn profile and my advertising and stuff every day. And I just really, and instead of freaking out and thinking the whole world's going to end, I just jumped in there and really focused and used my talents and just focused on what I have and made myself more of who I needed to be and raised my prices. So I really went through a really strong change then. That's probably the best thing was getting almost zeroed out and then coming back up from there without doing anything crazy, but just improving myself and improving my person and focusing on my skills and Raising yeah. my prices, you know, so. Yeah, you give some practicals as far as raising prices. And I, I hear that a lot of times, actually, with several of the folks I've talked to in the last couple of years, they haven't been able to keep up, right? So by the time that they bid a project and then they finish the project, the prices of material and labor have gone up and they end up losing money on the project. And I don't think anybody's in business to lose money. And so there's no nothing wrong with adjusting pricing accordingly so that you are a profitable company. I think that there's, there's a realization in that of like, no, 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 I, I'm in business. I'm in a profitable business. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I really just, and, and the best thing was getting low enough to really focus on myself, I guess. Yeah. Do you, it, it's almost like a little, like of a blessing in disguise of go, going to that place where you kind of didn't have anything else to do, or you were forced really to level up. Does, yeah. 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 So that was probably the best thing was this last year's winter. I had a, 30 foot tree fall on my house and take my porch out and right in the middle of construction. It was just a wild winter. It was a wild winter. Yeah. Love it. 
Well, I think that's it's it's real. Again, you it's not like Justin comes with a, a pretty a pretty ribbon. Like everything that he's given to you is is really honest, and so that perspective is obviously appreciated. But there's like real things in there. So the other things that you said were that you leveled up, you you freshened up on your skills. What were some of those skills that you freshened up? Well, I mean, one thing that like I've and I've always made a ton of money. I've always handled my own finances, but I lose track of stuff. And then I get like late fees and I miss stuff. And it's just like, it's not that I don't have the money. I just can't do everything myself is what I'm learning. So yeah. my sister's been offering for years. So basically I got my first $20,000 check of the year, the first week of January. And I sent it to her and I sent her all my bills and I, yeah. and I changed all my address to her. I'm like, I'm like yeah. here. And she was like, okay, okay. You see, you have a lot of stuff you need to deal with. I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so like I actually ended up the month of January to where I still every month since she's been helping me, I've had money at the end of the month. Yeah. yeah. So that was one thing. I'll yeah. Start. That's not, that's, that's not a little thing. Like there's a whole well of information there, but so you have a more organized person that you trust who is taking care of certain things that you didn't actually believe beforehand you could give away. But yet another example of how you've trusted someone else, given it away. And on top of that, a skill set that you don't even actually have. I am, you're saying, I'm not very organized. I'm a little all over the place. It's hard for me to keep track of things. I got a lot of stuff to keep track. Give it to somebody who can keep track of it, right? Right. That's so simple though. Why hadn't you done it sooner? It's totally like asking people for stuff and I'm kind of like, I can do it myself and she's married and she has, well, she's been offering to help me for years, like probably about the last three the last three years. And I keep telling her, no, I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's just, I didn't want to burden her or something, but it got to a point to where like, I cannot, I mean, I got like, it was so bad in December. It was so bad in December. That house I was trying to sell for 1.7 million in the last podcast actually went into foreclosure because it wouldn't sell. It wouldn't sell. It wouldn't sell. Finally, I went in there and I repainted it again. I got the tenant out. I rented him an apartment. I did sell it. And I sold it one month before the foreclosure, six wow. weeks before the foreclosure date. And I was able to, to take whatever, and I, and I, and I only got 1.1 instead of 1.7, which was not very right. good, but that went a hundred percent towards debt. I had a one, okay, this is, this is how it is. I had a $1.1 million sale. I, I sold my house for $1.1 million. By the time I got through the foreclosure fees and all my investors, because the time that it took to get done. I walked away with $439, but that was the best $439 that I got because I literally paid one point and I paid over a million dollars worth of debt. Like, right. I, and, and I paid the commission, everything else went with the debt. So that was actually a really right. good move. It's just, it's like from December to March, I don't know what happened. I was like rolling, 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 rolling. And then I don't know what happened. That's when I had to just, get a wake-up call. It was literally a wake-up yeah. call. It was like, it was like, how can you make $900,000 and still have no money? Like, Justin, what the fuck is going on here? Right. And yeah. somebody else told me the same thing. It's like, you make so much money, but you never have any. I don't understand. And I'm like. And you don't either. You didn't understand I'm, either. <laughs> like, I'm, it's I'm not like, like you knew. I don't know either. So that's when I like started, like I said, I focused on my advertising, building up my LinkedIn profile, trying to raise capital for other projects. I. I was finishing my job that I could organize. I gave my money situation to my sister. 
I still worked in my business like up until March just to get stuff caught caught up and get stuff more or or or, or get more stuff more organized and then April 1st I was out I was out yeah, yeah. I I just really appreciate the the ups and downs you've given us a great story here I think that it's it'll be used for specifically contractors but really any business owners but but contract there's there are thousands tens of thousands of contractors across the country who have this exact feeling of I don't know what I'm doing. They know how to build, right? They know how to do the work, but they don't know how to do the business thing. It gets away from them. They get disorganized or disoriented, or they have no idea where the money comes from or how it flows, or it's just, it's, uh, it is real. <laughs> is what it yeah, is. I, I mean, I mean, the, I mean, my main problem is that, that I've been fighting. This is not a new problem. It's not a new problem. This is the old yeah. problem to where even when I was selling real estate, when I feel like I'm getting overwhelmed and I'll shut down. And I won't look at bills. I won't do what I need to do. Like I'll do the bare minimum just to see the light of day. But I let right. so much stuff pile up and go and put in boxes and just yep. like, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. It's like too much to deal with. So it's it's, it's like, that's been the hardest thing for me. I mean, just kind of pushing through the shutdown. Mode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because yeah, that doesn't so help anybody, right? Like putting it in a box, whatever it is and, and moving it over here where I can't see it doesn't solve the problem. No, I mean, and even on a daily basis, I mean, it's, I still do it now. I mean, like I got, I got a few projects that I had to do over, over the weekend. I did get one of them done yesterday, but just, I had to go down and deal with some more tax papers and send them in and fill them out. And I did get through that. No, but it's like, I still got stuff to do, but I'll write stuff on my list. Yeah. And then I, I still, it's like, I still get stuck in my head and I can't get to them, but it's not like I'm doing anything else. It's yeah. just, it's just the, the, it's just the pushing through and getting stuff done. But then I realized that it was like, I think I kind of forgot what it is to, to why I do, to why I do that. And I think it's like to a certain point to where I think I mentioned this in my last show is that I'm so used to living in the, the, the hustle and the, the, the struggle to a certain extent, I'm almost trying to recreate that for myself, even though I don't have to, and my not doing stuff that I know I need to be doing, it recreates that struggle and gives me that same sort of, that same sort of rush of, I'm going to go and get this done, which is completely stupid. And then the second part of that is, okay, so I'm going to get everything done and then I'm going to feel relaxed and then I'm going to feel happy and then I'm going to have time to do other stuff. And then what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> so it's just like, it's, I'm just going through a lot of changes right now of like, like, I can be okay with being uh, accomplished and like happy and having things done and having extra time to do what I want to do. Like I can be okay with that. And that's really what I'm working through right now. If that, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. It's good, man. I appreciate you sharing. I think that to summarize all this for the listener is that there are, there are practical things in the business and then there are practical things inside of us individually as the owners that we have to go through. Some of those things for you have been putting systems in place and people, getting more organized, understanding the flow of money, getting off the job site. These are all some of the things that you've said here today. Mm -hmm. um, making sure that you understand the value of a yes and a no and understanding when you say yes to somebody, it possibly, most likely is saying no to someone else. So therefore, a lot of times, actually, when you get to a certain point, you end up saying no more often because it really means yes to the things that you've already identified that you want. 
And so as far as like an individual play, there's skill sets, there's mindset that you've grown in. You, even like what you just said, I'm still working through, like if I, if I make all these great moves, then what am I going to do? It's like, well, you got to work through what's the next level for Justin or for the listener, for you, because you're made for more. That's what I believe is that you're not just in business to just skate by or get just enough, but that there's an abundance and that you have a plan and a purpose and that there's, that there's more out there. You have a potential and you haven't reached it. And, uh, and if you do it right, you never do. And there's, then now there's this game. There's this excitement and, and this ignition of, wow, I, like every level that I go to, I realize that there's yet another place for me to go to, another version of Chaz that I can meet. And if I don't go there and meet him, I'll never know. I'll have this empty, like, man, I missed out on meeting that guy, right? The future, the future Justin, the future Chaz. So I want to ask you one last question here as we wrap up this this like recap or what what what's what's changed or or not changed since the last time we talked, and I want to know if I'm spinning a, a new question that I ask. Um, I'm, I'm going to do it like this: If you could whisper in your ear one year ago, so you just got off the podcast with this guy named Chaz and Gathering the Kings, we just recorded. You were in your house there that you're talking about selling and the recording button stops and you jump and you and you shut down your laptop and you're able to whisper something into that guy's ear what do you say i mean i don't think i don't think i do it i don't think i i don't think so what do you say to that guy i would say get ready you got a wild ride coming in front of you from all your wild decisions i mean but i work through it i mean it's like i would I mean, from that time, sitting in my bedroom in that house that I was trying to sell for 1.7 million, that didn't sell for that much money. I definitely realized later on in that year, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff I was doing that was just spinning my wheels. I'm just spinning my wheels with, cause those bathrooms are great for a while. And then they kept lowering their prices and it was right. more, and it became more of a grind. So it's just, just be flexible and. I mean, I've been so stubborn, like not wanting to change my ways. I really had to open up the last year or whatever it's been, almost a year or more than a year to really let more people in and trust more people to do more stuff. So yeah, I would have just been tell that guy, hey, let more people in, let more people in. The majority of people that I still deal with after all these years are not going to do anything to me. They're them and they're here for me and just kind of. Yeah. Really look at the resources that I have, not only resources of money, but resources of people, resources of property, and just really look at what I have. That's easy. I would have told me a year ago, really, really look at what you have. And by the way, your house is going to sell for 1.7 million. So get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's super, super great message to put a bow on this. There's, there is an openness or a open-mindedness or a willingness to grow and change that we have to have in order to grow and change. And so some of that for you has been getting things in order, like process or or just being more, more organized. Some of that's been people. I loved how you talked about just calculating your resources. A lot of times in a sticky situation, we just got, I, I just went through this with one of my mastermind members. He was in quite the sticky situation. And I'm like, okay, well, what's this? And he's like, well, I don't know. I'm like, okay, no, no, I need the detail. Like all the way down to the penny if it's numbers and to the person if it's people, the situation and like, when is it due? When is it not due? How much and how many people? And like, when does this project, like, like I need, I need it in detail so that we can 
figure out how to use it. And if you don't know your resources or take a good look, it's tough to facilitate resources. So I think everything that you've given, especially as that little sign-off message to the you last year, I think is a great message for the listener here today. So I appreciate you giving that. Justin, again, I'm going to give you the opportunity here just to share how people can reach you. If they're in construction and they haven't hit the million-dollar mark yet, or maybe they're just right around that, and they're dealing with some of these same problems, and they just want to pick your brain, how can they find you? Email's good. Just J-R- K as in kite, D as in dog, 206-JRKD, 206 at gmail.com. My phone number is area code 510-821-2319. And my Instagram is Dawson Family Farms, one word. And then my LinkedIn is also Justin Dawson. So I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I'm definitely down for, and I got some new virtual real estate ideas that I've been playing with that Literally, you can flip houses from your bedroom. I mean, and I got some really good ideas that I'm, I'm, I'm working on. So, I mean, I could literally, I got, I got like the best idea that literally you could not leave your bedroom and flip real estate, never build anything. Well, I, I look forward to you using the new skill sets and people and process to execute on that idea. So that way, when I talk to you again in the future, you can give me the success that you've had on that. So. Justin, I just appreciate your time, man. Thanks for being here with us again here on Gathering the Kings. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners, is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together 1,000 kings, specifically who are grateful but not done. We're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business, family, and communities. And here's what we believe, that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas, that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy. So if that relates and and resonates with you, and you know that you need people around you, sharp, qualified, other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.